Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. My name is Andrew Hasley, and I am the host of the show. Today, I'm sitting here with Heather Langton. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do? Yes. (laughs) So I actually own multiple businesses. Um, My primary business is On Point Business Coaching, and I'm a profit improvement specialist. So I go into companies, help them figure out how to make more profit, basically. Um, I do the same thing with one of my other companies. It's Cannabis Queen Consulting, and I work with cannabis companies doing the same thing, helping them improve their profits. And my passion is one of my other businesses, and that's Heather Langton Photography. And um, that's at heatherlangton.com. And I do landscapes, still life, nature, wildlife, things like that. Um, So that's kind of a little bit about me. Now a word from our sponsors. The People's Tiny House Festival is the nation's largest gathering of simple living, featuring van conversions, bus conversions, and tiny houses, of course. Catch the event in Loveland, Colorado, July 16th and 17th at the Ranch Events Complex. Get your tickets at peoplestinyhousefestival.com slash tickets. Our next sponsor is Planet Duct. Planet Duct offers astronomical air duct cleaning with the most powerful vacuum trucks in Colorado. They have taken air duct cleaning to a new intergalactic level that is far more powerful and proactive than any on the market in El Paso County or Southern Colorado. Reach out to Planet Duct for any of your air duct cleaning needs. Recon Marketing is the fastest growing social media agency in Colorado. Recon focuses on becoming an extension of your business while providing social media management, review management, and digital marketing. Recon Marketing, putting you on the radar. Our next sponsor is Power Toolsafe. Power Toolsafe is revolutionizing tool tracking and protection for everybody. With Power Toolsafe, you can protect the equipment that keeps your business running. Go to powertoolsafe.com and start your new account now and register up to $10,000 in tools for free. Our next sponsor is Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear has a pouch for the boys. It is everyday underwear for every man. 100% money back on the first pair if you don't like it. Visit sheathunderwear.com and enter the code COSBP20 to get 20% off your order. Yeah, and we we were talking about that a little bit beforehand, Mm -hmm. and like there's a distinction of what like there's different types of photographers, people who do it as a service, but you do it as an art form, and you sell your your sell your art, which is an interesting, like every photographer I talk to, that's usually not what they do. Yeah, (laughs) no, I'm, I um the reason that it's my passion is because nature heals me Mm -hmm. somehow. It brings me back to my center, and I really want to share that with other people in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my passions is actually working with um, formerly incarcerated people who are entrepreneurs now. Um, And I donate 25% of my profits from Heather Langton Photography towards a foundation that supports that. Okay. Um, And so one of the things that I do as well is when one of my pieces of art are purchased, I also send a four by six of one of my photos of their choice to somebody who's incarcerated okay so that they get some exposure to nature um because a lot of the times they're not even seeing grass Mm -hmm. so why do you feel uh, passionate about that i have a friend whose brother was on death row um and i met her when he already was on death row and he apparently had become a very different person but he was executed um and it's, it opened my eyes to a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. And um, just talking with her and finding out how much, um, it's not the right word to say oppression, but how much, um, what's the word? So all the people out there that used to be incarcerated are 
are being discriminated against almost mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's partly um, because they can't get jobs, because they have a criminal past. And so there are just a lot of things going on that were brought to my attention that um, I started feeling like maybe I could do something in that area. And with the photography, again, it's bringing nature, which I'm hoping I'm bringing healing to people who might be hurting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I also, in on-point business coaching, I also coach pro bono people who are formerly incarcerated and who are either becoming or are currently entrepreneurs. I do a couple of hours of coaching with them just to try and get them on a, a right path for where they want to go. And, mm -hmm. and that's really um, fulfilling as well. Okay, so that aspect is something you just provide as like a community service? Yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I take it by referral. So if somebody knows an individual who's formerly incarcerated in the prison system, who is currently becoming or currently is already an entrepreneur, and they want some coaching, I give away two to three hours depending on what they need and um, try and help them get set up in a direction that takes them to where they want to go. Nice. And so what are some of the things you typically uh, end up doing when, in those, uh, uh, I guess you can call them like really just start startup kind of uh, mm -hmm. really beginner kind of courses, yeah. I assume, right? Yeah. Um, some of them are. Some of them are already established okay. and they're coming to me. Um, so I can work with somebody at any point in the business when it's a concept to when they're getting ready to sell it and make money off of it and retire. Mm -hmm. So anywhere along there. Um the people that I've worked with um, that are in the beginning phases, a lot of it is putting together a business plan so that they can get financing, mm -hmm. um, trying to figure out what um, business model they want to use, trying to figure out what are their goals right now, because starting a business is so overwhelming. There are so many aspects of it that a lot of people have trouble figuring out what to do first. Mm -hmm. So I help them figure out how to line things up. Um, my goal is always not just to not just to help people see a bigger picture and not just to help people learn from where I've come from, mm -hmm. but also to help individuals um, thrive um, in what what their passion is. Yeah. Sweet. And there is one thing that I just didn't want to stop the conversation for. Sure. I want to make sure that your face isn't blocked by that. So we're going to it adjust is. the microphone. And we can just lift this up and shoot that out. So that okay. That should help with that. Because I know it's okay. half the time. I, just I know. I see <laughs> half of your face, too. Yeah. <laughs> see, we're still adjusting to these mics, though. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So what what makes you qualified? What are some of the things that you've done in, in the past that could that that would convince people to be like, okay, she's the coach I want. Okay. Um, so I actually have my bachelor's degree in speech and hearing testing and my master's degree was in teaching deaf and hard of hearing kids. So when I started out on this journey in life, I had no intention of doing anything with businesses, small business. And then um, my husband at the time decided to start a contracting business. And I was teaching and I started doing a little bit of the business stuff in the background on my off days. Mm -hmm. And I was really good at it. And so I started doing all of the business side of things for the company. And we grew and we grew. And after three years, I couldn't I didn't have enough time to do both jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that instead of hiring somebody to run my company for me, that I would go run the company and I stopped teaching. I ran that company for 15 years. Um, we hired a business coach in 2007 
Okay. Because we weren't going where we wanted to be. We we were kind of just spinning our wheels. We didn't know how to get to, to our goals. And that business coach was amazing. Her name is Jana Hoiberg. Um, she still business coaches. She's my mentor currently. Um, but she came in and helped me to figure out how to run the company so differently. And in 2008 through 2012, our revenue increased by 700%. That okay. was during the recession. And that yeah. was with the help of a business coach. I won't say she did that because I did that, mm -hmm. but she taught me so much. And um, there's just so much that I learned in that business, having gone through from the time that it was just me and my husband and I was doing all the bookkeeping and I was doing all the marketing and I was doing, you know, so I've, I've done every little piece of a business on my own before mm -hmm. I was able to hire out to have somebody else do that. And so I kind of know the pitfalls in each of those areas as well, because I've had to troubleshoot and figure out how to do it better every time. Mm -hmm. um, so worked and owned that, worked for and owned that company for 15 years. And um, then I went to, I decided I wanted to do something different. Um, I went to work for an internet marketing company and I ended up helping the owner run the business by the end of my one and a half years there. Okay. Then I went to work for a cannabis company, a um, retail, or I'm sorry, a medical shop. Mm -hmm. And I helped them run the business. Here in Colorado Springs? Here in Colorado Springs. Nice. And I helped them run their business. And some things happened on their end and they had to lay me off because of funding issues. And I thought, you know, I'm helping people run their businesses, but I'm only able to help one person at a time and I'm doing a pretty good job of it. Maybe I'm at the point where I could be a business coach. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I can help so many more people if I'm a coach versus if I'm doing the things myself, because even going in and helping somebody run a company they learn from it, but they don't learn the same. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah. So that's interesting because we haven't had anyone who has any kind of experience in the cannabis uh, field on the show yet. So mm -hmm. so what does that look like? What does running a cannabis company look oh, like? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it's interesting. There are a very unique set of issues in a cannabis industry company. Um, first of all, you've got employees that um, a lot of them think that it's okay to come to work stone. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're coming to work not sober. Um, you can't drug test because you give samples to the employees so that they understand what they're selling and how it works and how it affects people and so that they can um, – share the effects that it had with potential mm -hmm. patients. Be knowledgeable, yeah. Exactly. And so you can't test for cannabis because there is no test to tell if you are currently high versus if you've had marijuana in the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a unique issue. People show up stoned, but how do you prove that they're stoned and that they aren't, I mean, they mm -hmm. have to really be messing up their job to get fired. My mom used to investigate if we were currently stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most parents do, most moms do. <laughs> um, and we didn't have the tests back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was just the smell of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's one of the unique issues. Another one of the unique issues is banking. I mean, banking is something that because it's still federally illegal, it's really difficult to mm -hmm. find a bank to work with you. And when you do, you're paying a lot for it. Um, running a company like a business, a cannabis company like a business, mm -hmm. a lot of the owners come from 
um, the experience of having grown up and grown their own cannabis, mm -hmm. and they're really good at growing it, and then they go into business and they realize this happens with every business owner, but well, almost every business owner, they realize that this is not their passion to run a business. Their passion is to grow that cannabis because they do it so well. Mm -hmm. And so then they go into business and they struggle. Um, and so those are several of the unique things in an industry like that that come up that are issues. Um, on the flip side, it was a very fun place to work. Um, the industry is just really different. It's, um, there's a lot of camaraderie. Um, marijuana tends to be a very social um, substance. And so people tend to share and interact with each other. Um, the, the dispensary that I worked at did parties all the time where we would have all of our patients come in and we would have barbecues and giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, I met a lot of very talented individuals, people who taught me so, so much. I learned a lot. Um, so it, it's a very, um, it's a very satisfying industry to work in, I feel. Nice. And it seems like you have a passion for it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you help a, a cannabis company grow? What are some of the some of the steps that they could take mm -hmm. to to start seeing success, I guess? Sure. Um, so one of the biggest things that I see is a lack of processes and systems. Mm -hmm. And that can be something as simple as how do you answer the phone? to how do you enter things into the, the books, mm -hmm. to how do you discipline somebody when they are not performing their job duties as they should. I mean, all different things in, the, in any business mm -hmm. should have systems and processes. That right there, creating systems and processes gives you more profit mm -hmm. because here's what's happening. You create a system, you've now duplicated yourself. So instead of you having to train somebody on how to enter everything into QuickBooks or into whatever software they're using for bookkeeping, you actually can have them review what you've created before and they'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that happens all throughout the entire parts of the business when you create the systems and processes you need. Um, what that also does is it allows a business owner to not have to be there physically all the time to make sure that the company is run the way that they want it run, mm -hmm. which means that they get to choose what to do with their own time. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we all want in life is we want time to do the things we want to do that we feel are important, to spend time with family, to be with friends, to spend time donating our mm -hmm. time. Passion um, projects. Exactly. And that's what we as humans live for. And... There's this big misconception out there that we all want money when really what we want is the money to be able to take care of all the things we have to pay for so that we can use our time for what we want to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's interesting because the how, how, how much you need to pay all the bills is different for everyone. Yes. And so some people are like, I want to make all this much money, but really they don't even need to make all that much money. <laughs> right. Well, and they might be paying for things like a boat and a really nice car and vacation home. And what they really want is time at that vacation home. Mm -hmm. And they want to spend time in that vehicle that they enjoy. And they want to spend time on the water in that boat with people that they care about. So it's not the money that they want. It's the freedom that they get with the things they buy with the money that help them to create lifetime memories. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so was that some of the things that uh, your business coach in 2007 uh, showed you guys, did she help you guys put systems in place? Was that oh, one of the biggest things? Oh, yes. That was one of the biggest things. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, because you asked me if there are more than one. What would be the next thing? 
Um, I would suggest. Oh for, yeah, for cannabis. Yes, mm-hmm. for cannabis companies. Um, the next thing that I would suggest is to do leadership training, um, because everybody in any business has the potential to be a leader, and. Um, in order for a company to run well, you need multiple leaders in multiple different areas. You can't have followers everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you need followers as well. You need worker bees and people that perform the tasks that are instructed. But you also need people who are able to direct, who are able to um coordinate and connect different parts of the business together. So looking at those lead people and having them... Um, I mean, really just go through leadership training because it's different than being friends. Um, And so there needs to be a work relationship that works for the whole company. That's another thing that brings a lot of profit because it filters down into everything. So that leadership training, the qualities that they gain, they filter down to the people that are working with them. And then those people turn into leaders. And then you have more leaders in the business and and things continue to grow and you continue to make more profit that way as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because uh, you can to be able to start to start building those 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 leaders and those pro- first those processes and then having people learn the processes and after they get those down to a fine point they can really step into a different role and yes. kind of help organize more things as because hopefully when you do those things it allows you to have more uh cash flow and it's actually helping yes. helping the business grow and then you can expand on on exactly. top of that right <laughs> exactly so and it depends some people don't want to grow their business they just want to improve their profit margin mm-hmm. um but most people want to grow their business and all of those things are necessary for growth i can't tell you how many times i've seen companies try to grow without the systems and processes they need and unfortunately that's a crumbling foundation to start with mm-hmm. and so it doesn't last They're lucky if they don't go out of business. Um, I would say the majority of people who try to scale up without those systems and processes have to scale back down and lick their wounds for a while (laughs) and figure out a totally new path to take. Mm -hmm. Um, And often people come to me at that point where they're saying, you know, I thought I was doing okay and I leveled everything up and it didn't work. What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times that's where I come in and help them see a different part of the picture or share with them my experience. Um, I feel very strongly that when I work with clients that we're working together, we're a team. And my job is to be transparent, to be honest, to be straightforward, and to share with you things that I see as potential outcomes based on my experience and what I have been through and what I've seen in other companies as well happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The client is the business owner. It's up to them what they use that information for and how they use it. But my job is to provide them a different perspective so that they have more options to consider when making a decision and they can make the most educated decision possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously you believe in coaches because you've had experience with one before that really helped you out. (laughs) Exactly. And I've actually had multiple coaches, not just that one. Um, But coaching is... You can find coaching in all areas of life, Mm -hmm. and I have yet to come across a type of coaching that I believe would be wasteful. Okay. Um, Because we all have our own expertise, and um, 
we don't necessarily know the things we don't know. And so hiring somebody who knows the things we don't know can help us. And so that's where I come from, um, from a perspective of helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, some of the greats have, have coaches, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. And I mean, people, Tony Robbins has a coach, I guarantee it. Okay. John Maxwell has a coach, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Michael I mean, Jordan has a coach. <laughs> exactly. All these people do. So it's not a matter of, um, sometimes it's hard to ask for help. Business coaching can be very humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, you're sharing your failures with somebody. So not only do you um, make yourself extremely vulnerable, you also um, you need to make sure that the person you're working with doesn't make you feel as if you shouldn't be vulnerable um, because that's defeating the purpose. Um, but business coaching can be very humbling. You're sharing your failures. You're sharing your financials with somebody, which a lot of people are very, very sensitive about. Mm-hmm. Um, Me included. <laughs> it's, it's a very sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. And so it can be difficult to start on the path of coaching. But what I hear from everybody that I work with and everybody that has ever used a coach that has had a successful end result is that it was so worth it. That mm-hmm. You don't get anywhere without giving that vulnerability. You don't get anywhere without sharing that information that you really feel protective of, Mm -hmm. but you need help. And so asking for help in that way can be life-changing. Yeah. So what do you say to someone who has had bad experience with coaches Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, this didn't work out. I paid this coach so much money and we got no results. Absolutely. What do do you say to that? That does happen. Yeah. (laughs) It happens more often than I would like to see for sure. Um, I can say that there are coaches out there who don't know what they're doing. There are several things that I think are important when you choose a coach. So you need to feel like they're a partner, not a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to feel comfortable with them and that you can share with them whatever is needed. You need to know that they know what they're doing, which can be a difficult thing. I'll touch on that in a second. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that. <laughs> um, and you need to make sure that, um, that they're working with you to create a plan and to fulfill that plan. If any of those things don't jive, then they're probably not a good coach to hire for you. Mm-hmm. They might be a phenomenal coach, but if they don't get along with you in a way that you feel comfortable, you're never going to get out of it what you're paying into it and what you're expecting out of it. For sure. Um, so th- those are big things. Um, now, how do you tell whether somebody knows what the heck they're talking about? That's the question. Um you just got to pick their brain. You got to ask them, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in this situation? Um, let me talk to some of your previous clients and see what they have to say. That's a huge thing. Um, look at their reviews. Look them up on BBB. Um, some coaches are certified in different techniques. I personally am not. Um, I choose not to spend the money to become certified in something that doesn't reflect real world experience necessarily. Um, but I mean, there are all different ways that you can tell whether somebody is qualified or not. And you really want to be careful to select a coach who specializes in what you want to have as an outcome. Mm -hmm. So for example, I specialize in profit improvement. If you're not 
if you're not having issues with profit and your issue is with retaining employees, then that's a totally different aspect. And so you might want to use somebody who specifically focuses on that. Mm -hmm. um, now, I can tell you that that was um, actually a bad example because if you're losing employees, you're also losing profit because yeah. <laughs> the employees are leaving, which means you don't have as much productivity, which means you don't have your um, retention of customers is not going to be as high and your revenue is going to drop and your profit's going to drop. So almost everything comes back to profit in the long run. But um, if you have a specific issue in something, for example, better example, um, video. So I'm working on doing more video for my business. I'm working with a video coach who okay, is nice. helping me figure out how to make the videos more effective, how to do them more consistently, how to make them um, more irresistible, basically. So how to market myself better using video. And then teaching me also that video can be turned into other things that you can utilize for marketing as well. So I'm working with a video nice. coach. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I'll be releasing a lot more articles and blogs on uh, and videos as oh, on on video marketing oh, and nice. stuff like that. So I'll be looking for that. So yeah, <laughs> that that could cool. be just some helpful stuff out there. Yeah. I've actually that's interesting. Is that specifically what they do? Is video co coaching? Because mm -hmm. I've I've had people like consult me to come to their their office and set things up, mm -hmm. and you know, and give mm -hmm. them a list of what they need to buy. So I've done like consulting, but I was just thinking that's interesting that someone's doing it as like that's their business. So yes. that's, that's cool. <laughs> and um, actually her name is Vicki O'Neill. I found her on Facebook, or on, sorry, on LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, and connected with her. And I just went through a free five-day training and ended up paying for more of her services because I was so impressed by what she did. And um, she's amazing. But anyway, so there definitely are people out there who that's what they do for a living. That's something that you maybe you should look at even. Yeah, sure. Well, potentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, or a course or something like that. Yeah, but, definitely. But I mean, it's not what what I I, I want to do. I don't think so. Gotcha. <laughs> so if it does, if, if I have a client who who does come to me and be like. They, that's what I realize they need, then maybe that's what I do. Gotcha. But it's not my main offer. It's not your or main something. focus. Yeah, it's not gotcha. something I, I really ma majorly focus on. But I, I want to go in and produce the videos. Uh, that's kind of my, my that's idea. That's your but part that you love. Produce the, like, not only just give the strategy, but pr give the strategy and produce. So that's kind of together, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely. and sometimes it goes like, just one of the other, but mm -hmm. I'm really uh, fine tuning what I want to, to focus on. And maybe even niche it down even more. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so typically, uh, this just brought up a thought. Typically, when somebody um, reaches out and says, you know, I'm thinking about coaching, was looking at your website, you know, how do I get to know you better? I do a 45-minute free consult, an initial consult. Um, during that first 45 minutes that we talk, I find out what their biggest issues are, what their direction is, that kind of thing. They almost always walk away with several tips and tricks that I give to them as mm -hmm. an idea of how they can improve their issue. Um, and part of the reason that I do that is because I want them to see that I can help them with that issue. Mm -hmm. Now, if I can't, then I let them know. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because even if I'm not giving a consult, whenever I sit down with friends, like we're sitting here right now, and I'm thinking of things, things are coming to me about how you could improve and what you just mentioned that mm -hmm. you want to focus on. And so how you could make that more efficient or, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, that's another way to help figure out whether a business coach is right for you mm -hmm. is um, do they understand what you're going through? Um, there's a lot of different phases of business. and. Oh, yeah. 
if you haven't been through one of those phases, it's really difficult to understand how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So part of where I come from is plenty of failures, plenty of mistakes made, and new things learned and new paths forged. Yeah. I filled for a whole decade before I had a successful business. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I had um, several businesses. I started my first business when I was in fourth grade, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, so I used to sell friendship bracelets. I used to make a school newsletter that I would sell, and my mom would take me to work with her on the weekend, and I would make photocopies for free so okay. that I could actually make money on them. Um, and. I mean, I've had so many businesses throughout the years, you know, way back even to then. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. You have to, you have to go through some things to be able to find success in entrepreneurship. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone's path is not your path, so you can't exactly. compare yourself either. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, what I do is I just help people to shorten their path. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's like a tagline on your website. Shorten your path to success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. Sweet. Yeah. So, so, so who's your main type of clients you're looking for right now? So right now, um, I am looking for clients that have a revenue of around $800,000. Um, the company has four to six employees. Um, I really love working in the construction trades simply because I did it for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm so good at it. Um, so I tend to have a lot of success with the construction trades that tends to be a higher success rate than anybody else that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also really love to work with the cannabis industry because again, it's, it's just like construction trades. It has a very unique set of issues that are not common that you have to address. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So what am I thinking? Where, where, what, what, yeah, I guess we have asked a lot, basically almost all the questions that I needed to ask, so I'm running out of questions. Well, I'm trying <laughs> to think about what I could tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, the ideal client. You know, you're going to have to do something with this. In the no, no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, I guess I could tell you one of the things that um, that I've helped a company with, um, like a real-life scenario and what our solution was. That might be something that yeah. I could share. Um, so when uh, I started, it's interesting because I've coached a couple of people that you've had on. Okay. And so um, one of them is very, very successful. Um, I like to think that I had something to do with that. I don't know if I did. Okay. But But I did help along the path, which is really cool. Um, And they are growing. Um, They started out where they had, they were at a point where they were trying to level up and they didn't have a foundation. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with the office manager. I worked with the field supervisor. I worked with the owner. Um, We looked at things like creating systems for um, when they went out for a service call. How do you charge for a service call? Because that's not something that every place does. And so how do you charge for a service call so that you're increasing your profit because you're not wasting any of your time giving free estimates to people? How do you get people in the field to do things the way that you want them to do it 
And from by that, I mean, how do they interact with a customer when they go to the customer's house? What do you require of that employee as far as um, dress to make an impression? Um, what do you do when you have a particular problem that's more unusual than the typical issues that come up um, in the field? And so you have a system put together for that because it's a, maybe a situation where people are often tricked into not realizing it's going to take a lot more labor than you thought. And so you need to warn the customer it's going to take a lot more labor, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so creating those systems and processes you can see how that affects profit in the long run. You're duplicating yourself. You're making sure everything's being done the way you need it to. Um, even just creating a system for how you want your bookkeeper to enter things. If it's done the right way, you get tax write-offs. If it's not done the right way, you don't get as many tax write-offs. If it's done the wrong way, you can pay taxes on money that you didn't even actually earn. Mm -hmm. So finding ways to... Um, take what's going on in the business and perfect it to where the business owner wants it to be. Um, those are huge things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can make a big difference. For sure. So working with um, with that company, those are some of the things that we started working on. Um, and they did an awesome job with coaching. They were really fun to coach with, and they're continuing to grow. So. Interesting. My brain's over here like, who was it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you because of confidentiality policies. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I can tell you there have been a couple. Okay. Nice. I don't, I feel like that's not my information to share. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love to share it with you because they're doing so well. But I feel like if they want to share that they did business coaching, then that's up to them. Some True, people that are makes sense, sensitive yeah. about yeah. it. Some people feel like it makes them look weak. Mm -hmm. because they're asking for help because they don't know how to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So I try to respect that. And Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, gl I'm glad you do. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so are, are you from Colorado Springs? Is that where your business was at? Um, I It was in Colorado Springs. I was born in Denver, and my family moved away from when I was two until I was 22. I came back. I moved here, and that was when we opened our construction company. Okay, when you were 22? Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. So how long were you running it before you hired the coach? Um, so we opened it in 2001, and we hired the coach in 07, so okay. six years. So you had been operating. You guys had a good foundation, obviously. You made it past Kinda. the five years. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think we did it by luck. Okay. <laughs> by yeah. dumb luck. And, I mean, there was a lot of learning and a lot of intentionality towards it, but there was also a lot of, oh, crap, I can't believe that worked. Mm -hmm. Um. And then when we got the business coach, things became way more intentional. For example, um, here's a great way to understand what a business coach can do for you. Um, we used to do free estimates when I owned my construction company. In the beginning, we did free estimates. Mm -hmm. And we realized we were putting in 10 hours an estimate. By the time you talk to subcontractors and get their uh, you know, estimated pricing, by the time you figure out how much your labor, your material, you have to look up all the materials. You're really doing um, material takeoffs and all kinds of It's mm -hmm. a lot of work. We got to the point where we decided to offer estimates as a rough guess. So we would go to the house at no charge, take a look at everything, figure out basically a square foot price and say, okay, if you go low end, it'll be in this price range. If you go mm -hmm. high end, it'll be in this price range. You could be anywhere in between. Here's what we need to do next. We take 10% of the lowest price. 
We put that towards us getting our bids. We put that towards us getting our contractors to go out to your house and take a look and say, this is definitely what it's going to cost, not just the square foot price, but what is it actually going to cost? Um, we would spend the time to do the takeoffs. We'd spend the time to figure out all the labor for all the different pieces that we were doing. Um, and the the cool part about that was that when we came back to the client at the end of that design phase, we had something that was concrete that they could count on. And our change order rate was less than 2%. So what that means is when we would give a customer a price, 98% of the time it would not change mm-hmm. because we had anticipated everything possible. Yeah. Um, and so when it did change, it was kind of a situation that there's no way we could have known. But but what that did was it allowed us to put in the time to help people um, help clients get a concrete number so that they're not in a nebulous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people rip out a kitchen and a cabinet doesn't come in when it's supposed to. And now you're without a kitchen for three months. You know, so I mean, just different stuff like that that comes up. Um, so having a business coach changed my mindset about everything. Going from doing free estimates to getting paid two, three thousand dollars even, mm-hmm. sometimes up to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars to do that bid and make sure that we were doing right by the customer in every way we possibly could. And and you guys were just kind of after doing it for that many years, you guys were kind of stuck in your ways. This is how yes. we've done it. And you guys just couldn't see that o- yes. opportunity essentially without exactly. someone pointing it out. Exactly. And that's what happened was when we hired a business coach, she asked a lot of questions. <laughs> And they were difficult to answer sometimes. And Mm -hmm. her question was, why don't you charge for estimates? Well, what value do you provide? So if you're providing a value, why aren't you charging for that? Why are you giving away your time for free? Mm -hmm. And those are hard questions to answer when you're in an industry that that's the standard. We started off by charging $25 for an estimate. That was the very first time I charged because mm-hmm. I was like, nobody is going to pay anything. So I ran a coupon special and I said it was normally $50 and we were doing it for $25. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, that changed my life. The client paid the $25. We had several people do estimates. They paid the $25. We gave them the estimate. Because they paid us the $25, they were invested in working with us. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what you can do when you have somebody invested in your company, what you can do together. Yeah. So... Yeah. People, people that pay also pay attention yes. more. <laughs> yes. And and that's another thing. Um, we always provided a high quality. And so we were encouraged to increase our pricing. And that's another thing that a business coach can help you with is pricing strategies and marketing for those pricing strategies and things like that. So there's a lot that can be done to, to help people. Um, I do a lot of different small things that add up that help people make a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that's good. I, I like that you're also niched down in, in a sense, too. You know, you're yes. focusing on construction, but you're also niching down to to cannabis. And you mm-hmm. can take both of those things and really mm-hmm. drive marketing specifically to that. Because the more you niche down, the more you can provide more specific value. Right. And you can find the right people. So that's, that's I awesome. Always, <laughs> I joke that my niche is business owners who want to make more profit, who are open to change, and who are ready to work hard. Mm-hmm. That's my niche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, there are not many people out there who are truly ready to work for what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's part of my job, too, is to figure out 
if the people that I'm working with are actually invested. Because to be honest, I don't want to take somebody's money if they're not getting anything out of it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's easy money, but it's not honest. For sure. And so I don't like to work with people who aren't ready to work. Well, exactly. Me neither. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, same with video, you know, because that's mm -hmm. what I go in and I help companies, you know, with by doing video and, mm -hmm. and marketing mm -hmm. strategies with video. Yep. So that's kind of the the main goal that I'm I'm working with. And uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I was just thinking I was going to build off of what you were saying and I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I can cover. Um, let's see. Oh, um, so I can work worldwide. Mm -hmm. I do most of my coaching virtually, although I love to work with people in person. And I'm certainly available, especially in the Colorado area, to meet in person. Um, I also am available to fly to wherever somebody wants to fly me to to check out their business, that kind of thing. Um, but most of the coaching is done virtually, which is actually a huge benefit for both the owner and for myself. Mm -hmm. um, taking time to meet with somebody, driving there, um, that kind of stuff. So I try to help business owners also streamline their investment of time with me mm -hmm. um, because it just doesn't make sense to waste time on driving if we don't have to. Yeah, um, makes sense. And I've done that since before COVID, mm -hmm. actually. But um, it's... Yeah, I like I like to do that, too. I mean, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll meet online if it makes more sense that way. Yeah. I actually prefer prefer that, except yeah. for this podcast. This podcast has never been done online. Yeah. And that's for, for a few reasons. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> we just I like it. I like it in person. I think it's better. They think it makes There's more, more engaged. Yeah. yeah. And it makes it an experience. And I think it also controls the way everything looks. Uh, and that's we were producing a show, so yeah. yes, I agree. <laughs> and I just remembered what I was going to say. Yes. Uh, when when you're niched down to say a cannabis business coach, mm -hmm. well, that helps you out specifically because there's certain things that you can help that that adds that is specific to that industry. But there's about a thousand other coaches here in Colorado Springs. Yes. So when you're able to identify something that you can really latch onto, you you stand out from those other coaches for that specific target. Yes. So that's that's why it's. It's awesome. <laughs> it's definitely an important part of niching down. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, um, I really, uh, it brings up a, a, just a random thought, but um, I don't have any competition. I don't consider people that coach my competition mm -hmm. because everybody out there could use a coach for something or another. Exactly, yeah. And there has to be a client out there for me. Even if there's somebody out there that doesn't like me, there are 10 more that do. Mm -hmm. And that person that doesn't like me is going to fit better with somebody else. So why sweat it? Yeah, that's um, what I think, yeah. I coordinate with coaches often. In fact, I'm doing a couple of workshops right now about attracting and retaining quality employees um, with a coach. His name is Saul Palma. Okay, and he, he was on the show. Was he? Mm -hmm. He owns Ambitious Goal Getters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we've been working together, and um, we're getting ready to offer two courses on um, on hire, uh, attracting and hiring and retaining qualified employees. So that'll be coming up soon. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, so I love to coordinate with other coaches because mm -hmm. we know different things. We come from different backgrounds. We have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. Even if we both do the quote-unquote same thing, we're not really doing it the same way. Yeah, and so, also someone may vibe with your personality more than right. than his or vice versa. Or vice versa, mm -hmm. exactly, and that's how it's meant to be. Yeah, exactly, especially when it's coming with coaching because it's so such a personal experience that you have it to is. be comfortable with the person you're with. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it can be um, – having been a coached client before, having been on the other side of things – 
I've been intimidated to talk to my coach about things at times. I've been nervous to tell her things. I've been, um, there have been situations where I hear things I don't want to hear. Um, I mean, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to face that our problems come from us. And sometimes that's what our coach's job is to say, you know what, you're creating this problem yourself, figure out how to do it differently, and you can create a different kind of solution. Mm -hmm. um, I had times when I was with my coach where I felt um, really, really smart because of the information she gave me. I, I've had, so it's a very, it is a very personal mm -hmm. um path to take and there's a lot that goes into it um, I had my coach personally I had my business coach until I closed the business um, and that was because I got divorced mm -hmm. so I had my personal coach for what 07 until 2016 um, and people used to ask me how long do you plan to have a coach and I would say as long as I want to make more profit Okay. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of, that's where everything started. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to be a business coach after I hired her, but I knew I didn't have enough experience in what to do. So I waited several years. And then when I had enough experience and the end of 2018, I went ahead and pulled the trigger and here I am. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you've just been, it's just been what your main focus has really been. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, that the photography and the business coaching. Nice. Yep, absolutely. This this podcast is kind of like a coach, uh, a, a coaching mechanism for yes. me, like also a therapy mechanism for me, mm -hmm. you know. I've even had literal therapists on. That's <laughs> awesome. So it's like, it's just talking to lots of different business owners where they're at, different positions, different mm -hmm. places in their business, different levels, and just mm -hmm. getting to, on a weekly basis, you know, really communicate with them and talk about business. And it's, it, it technically is like a weekly coaching session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought of something else that I could share. Okay. Um, I love to share all the positives that come out of my path and where I've been and where I've come to. Um, I also would like to share because I think there's somebody out there that needs to hear about it. Um, my company was at a point where I was looking at another house. I was looking at three, four vehicles. I was doing vacations, things like that. And then um, some things happened and the business went down. And it was through no fault of our own. There was um, the fires. There were, I mean, there was just all kinds of things that happened. But anyway, I've been on the downside of things. I ended up having to close the business for, like I said, because I got divorced. Um, but I was in a situation then where I had a hard time finding a job. Mm -hmm. um, and as an entrepreneur, it's difficult to find a job. Um, you're not only overqualified, you're um, too sassy for them usually too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but And sometimes maybe ego too to ste step into a different is, role. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. Having Being in charge of multiple people at once and then all of a sudden being the bottom one on the totem pole can be scary. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time finding a job. It took me a year and a half to find a job. I was working with a resume coach and an interview coach. and But um, I went on public assistance. I ended up having to file a bankruptcy. Um, I My house was almost taken away in a foreclosure. Um, and I sold it three days before the foreclosure sale. Hallelujah. It was a lot of work to get that to happen. But, um, but so I went through, I was on food stamps. I was on Medicaid. I was on um, TANF, which is where they actually pay you to pay your electric bill every month. Um, so... 
and the reason I share all this is because um, somebody out there is in this situation right now. Mm-hmm. And they might be self-employed and they might not know how to get out of it. Well, I've been there. I've come back from it. Um, and if you're, if anybody is in this situation that needs help, no judgments here. I've been through the ups. I've been through the downs. I love the ups. I learned from the downs. And here I am. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's not easy to share that kind of kind of stuff. It wasn't until I realized that people can learn from it mm-hmm. and that it's our job, I believe, it's our job to share our experience with others so that they can learn from us instead of having to go through the hard stuff themselves. And even if they do go through the hard stuff, everybody wants to feel like they're validated. And um, it's validation mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, everyone wants to be loved right. <laughs> as well. Yeah, exactly. That's that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, is there anything else you'd like to to cover before we close this out? No, not that I can think of. Yeah, sweet. Well, it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been a great episode. And, Definitely. And yeah, I think the the crown's gonna look awesome on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, I am the prophet queen, so I yeah, must wear okay. my crown everywhere. <laughs> nice, sweet. <laughs> well, this has been the COS Business Podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Oh,